Chapter 14 of The Later Life by Louis Couperus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A day or two later, Marianne called. Auntie, she said, I haven't seen you for days. What's the matter? Are you vexed with me? Why, no, Marianne. Yes, there's something. You're cross with me. Tell me that you're not cross with me. I haven't dined with you for an age. You are vexed with me because I invited myself. Tell me that I'm mistaken, that you're not vexed with me, and do ask me to dinner one day. It's such a busy time just now. Parties, dinners, the court ball the other night. It was very boring. We never see you. You never call on us, nor uncle either. It's all through that browse man. Constance started with that strange nervous catch in her throat. What do you mean? she asked. That old friend of uncle's who speaks on peace. I've heard him. It was splendid, splendid. His speech was topping. I'm mad on peace. But he takes possession of uncle. The boys have seen them together twice, in a motor car. It's all through brows that I never see anything of either of you. I suppose he's been to dinner too. Once. I'm jealous, auntie. Why should he come when you don't ask me? Doesn't Mr. Van Freysfeig ever come now either? If you're angry with me, I'd be an angel in the future. I'll never invite myself again. But do invite me again, yourself. But you silly child, I'm not angry. Yes, you are. You're cross with me. You're not the same. You're different towards me. I feel it. I see it. But, Marianne, aren't you? Am I wrong? Tell me that you're not cross with me. She knelt down by Constance caressingly. Marianne, what a baby you are. I'm not cross there. Say it once more, like a darling. I am not cross. There, are you satisfied? Yes, I believe you now. And when am I coming to dinner? You little tyrant. I daren't ask myself again. What do you like so much in our dinners? They're just what I do like. The other night, when I was so bored at the court ball, I thought, so long as auntie asks me again soon, I don't mind anything. Rubbish! I don't believe a word of it. It's quite true. Well, will you come one evening, with Brows and Van Freysweig? Then I'll ask Uncle Gerritz and Aunt Adeline too. Rather, that will be lovely. When? I'll write and let you know. Don't be so impatient. Now you are, darling. She hugged her aunt. You're looking so nice today, auntie. So pretty. You are, really. I say, how old are you? You silly child. What does it matter? I want to know. Wait, I can work it out. Mamma said there was eight years between you. Mamma is fifty, so you must be forty-two. Very nearly forty-three. That's old, isn't it? Old? I don't know. For some women, not for you. You're young. And how young Uncle looks, doesn't he? Why, Addy is more sedate than Uncle. You don't look forty-two. You look ten years less than that. Auntie, isn't it strange how the years go by? I feel old. One year comes after another, and it all makes me miserable. Auntie, tell me, what makes me so fond of you? Sometimes, sometimes I feel as if I could cry when I'm here. Do I make you so sad? 
No, not that. But when I'm with you, I don't know why. I'm always thinking, even when I'm chattering. I feel happy in your house, auntie. Look, here are the tears. But you, you have tears in your eyes also. Yes, you have. You can't deny it. Tell me, tell me, auntie, what is it? Why, Marianne, it's nothing. But you talk such nonsense sometimes, and that upsets me. And when I see other people crying, it makes the tears come into my eyes too. Uncle isn't always nice to you, is he, auntie? My dear Marianne. No, I know he isn't. Do let me talk about it. It's so horrid when you're very fond of someone, always to be silent about the things you're thinking of. Let me talk about it. I know that uncle is not always nice. I told him the other day. What? You'll be angry when you hear. I told him the other day that he must be nicer to you. Are you angry? No, dear, but... No, you mustn't be angry. I meant to say the right thing. I can't bear to think of your not being happy together. Do try and be happy together. But, Marianne, dear, it's years now. Yes, but it must be altered. Auntie, it must be altered. It would make me so awfully happy. Oh, Marianne, Marianne, how excitable you are. Because I feel for people when I'm fond of them. There are people who never feel and others who never speak out. I feel, and I say what I think. I'm like that. Mamma's different. She never speaks out. I must speak out. I should choke if I didn't. I should like to say everything, always. When I'm miserable, I want to say so. When I feel happy, I want to say so. But it's not always possible, Auntie. Auntie, do try and be happy with Uncle. He is so nice. He is so kind. And you were very fond of him once. It's a very long time ago, I know, but you must begin and grow fond of each other again. Tell me, can't you love him any more? Dear. Oh, I see it all. You can't. No, you can't love him any more. And Uncle is so nice, so kind, even though he is so quick-tempered and excitable. He's so young still. He's just like a hot-headed undergraduate sometimes, Henry said. In that scene with Papa, he was just like a gamecock. You know, in the family, the uncles are afraid of Uncle Henry, because he always wants to be fighting duels. But that's his quick temper. In reality, he's nice. He's kind. I know it, Auntie, because when Uncle sees me home, we talk about all sorts of things, tell each other everything. You don't mind, Auntie, do you? You're not jealous. No, dear. No, you're not jealous. And Uncle Henry is my uncle too, isn't he? And there's no harm in talking to him. He talks so nicely. Time seems to fly when Uncle's talking. Tell me, Auntie, Browse, is Browse really a gentleman? He has been a workman. Yes, but that was because he wanted to. I don't understand those queer men, do you? No, you don't either. You can't understand such a queer man any more than I can. Just imagine, Uncle Henry is a labouring man. Can you imagine it? No, no, not possibly. He speaks well, Browse, and I raved about peace for a whole evening. And since? No, I don't rave over things long. Raving isn't the same as feeling. When I really feel... Well? 
Then, I think, it is for always, for always. But, Marianne, darling, you mustn't be so sentimental. Well, what about you? You're crying again. No, Marianne. Yes, you're crying. Let's cry together, auntie. I feel as if I want to cry with you. I'm in that sort of mood. I don't know why. There, see, I am crying. She knelt down by Constance, and her tears really came. Dear, you mustn't excite yourself like that. Someone is coming. I hear uncle. The girl recovered herself quickly as van der Velke entered the room. He stood for a moment in the doorway, smiling his gay, boyish smile, his blue eyes glowing with happiness. She looked at him for a second. Well, Marianne, I haven't seen you for ever so long. Yes, you're always in that old car with brows, and I've been an absolute butterfly. Only think, at the court ball the other night, just as the Queen entered the ballroom, she sat down and told her little budget of news in a voice that seemed to come from far away. The dusk crept in and shadowed the room, obliterating their outlines and the expression of their faces. End of chapter 14